Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Andy and Gigi on the call here tonight. I really appreciate both of your times. And you can find Andy at his Instagram page. So head over to Andy Buy Houses. And I'll make sure to have that link direct in the show notes. So if you're on your podcasting app, again, swipe right. and You can find that information in the show notes. But really appreciate your time here tonight as we talk about some creative ways that you're financing some of this new construction. Appreciate it. Appreciate being here. Thank you for so, having So, yeah, you bet. So, I'm always curious, like, how did this partnership start out? I first met Gigi because I had just did a Turo. I had bought a bunch of cars and did a Turo, and I got tired of doing it. So, I needed all the inquiries, took off my credit report. He was the credit person. So, I contacted Gigi that ran a group called RPX, and I had to take away, take off my little 14 inquiries. And- but what happened on the net? But we just start hanging. We just start being tight. Oh, okay. It's amazing how people make these connections. It's always insightful. So, Andy, you're building construction houses, new construction, correct? Yes. And you're doing it in a very creative way. Can you start a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your background regarding house, this home construction, and how you got into building and just in general. And the first I was doing. Started out doing wholesaling. I was wholesaling the market crash around about not after when it crashed, but right after around like 12, 13. And then I just decided I needed to somebody that looked at the block. He had some property, he had 10 properties. And I was like, dang, if he could get some properties, I know I could get some. So I just, that, that was motivated me to even get into real estate. So I bought my first couple of properties and then I just sat on them for renting them out. And then I decided I start fixing, flipping. So I started doing a fix and flip and that started slowing down. So a lot of the ones I couldn't sell, I couldn't sell in time. I just closed on them, put a little makeup on it and just resell it to another investor and make it look like you don't have too much work to do. Then after that slowed down and then it was spread. The spread wasn't really there no more. Like 2020, that's when I started building. Started building. Dropped my first one. It took me like three, four months to really jump off the porch with it because I was scared, nervous, didn't know nobody, didn't know no workers, didn't know nothing about it. But I just did it anyway. That it took me like 11 months to finish that first project. Sure. So, Gigi, how did you get involved in this then? It sounds like you helped Andy remove some information off of his credit report. What made you think that this was a good idea to jump in and start doing this? Frankly, I think part of us, all of us have to be a little crazy doing this, don't we? Yes, Jack. Listen, so like he mentioned, he contacted me earlier last year to remove some inquiries, right? So I'm in, uh, in Georgia right now and I met him in Atlanta. He said, how about you do this for me? Like I can pay you this or the other, right? I said, Andy, I don't work for anybody. No, I'm not doing it, right? 
Fast forward months later, I don't know how I ended in this position. And now we both work together. And what I do is I helped his people with the credit aspect. I helped them get the higher credit score, get the high credit limits on the credit cards, the business side of the house where we set up the businesses and then do the business funding. So we're prepping them to be able to get the funding they need in order to jump into the new construction. This is especially interesting. Now we're starting to get into the, the funding <laughs> aspect of this. But a lot of people, Andy, you can probably tell me whether if you want to, if you're comfortable talking about it or not. Most people actually, when they get into real estate investing of any kind, frankly, we just don't have the money. We're looking for ways to get into real estate investing. And you already mentioned it, wholesaling is typically that low hanging fruit. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when you start out, but that's where people typically start. So, in the end, we all need some sort of money in order to get things going. So you went down the credit card route? Yeah, like I had a, I got a background, so I couldn't get funding from no banks. So I just came up with the way of it's easy to get credit cards. So why not get the credit card? We just take the money off the credit cards. That's just like getting money from a bank. We just got it up from our limit credit. Up in the business, we do not a personal as a guarantor on it and just made it work that way. And that's so the credit cards that you're getting are like personal credit cards or are they business credit cards? They're business. Oh, okay. So in Gigi, you knew the landscape of how to accomplish this and get these credit cards? I do because I do credit repair. I do credit repair, Jax. I know where to go, what banks to go to, like how to basically set the application up to where you're going to be able to get high limit credit cards. Sure. And then, so as we're getting these credit cards, even let's say, even if they do, they start off with the personal side, going through Andy's bootcamp, we show them how to transfer the debt from the personal side of, of the house to the business side. So essentially the credit score doesn't get affected. Okay. So when somebody approaches you and gets some help, kind of getting the package deal here where Andy's helping him them with the construction aspect and you're helping getting their business and their credit lined up. Does that right, sound right? Right. Okay. And a lot of the clients that we have or that I have are from Andy. Others do, they do come in from different areas, but then I talk to them about what Andy's got going on with the real estate and then they're interested. So now they start like looking into the boot camp or the building from the house at ground up. Okay. Can you start to uh, describe the process? Like, I, I'm sure a lot of people are interested in this. Like, how do they know that this might be a good fit? Let's start there. For anybody that, like, I know a lot of people that have credit cards. A lot of people get high, high scores and they be scared to use their credit because they don't got their score up so high. But what we're doing, we're teaching you how to leverage that credit. Credit good. Is to put it to use. And then you got to find something that's not too risky to put it to use. You don't want to use it, spend it on something that ain't making you no money. So we're teaching them how to build a house with it so they can turn that off. We have, we have a book piece on 11th and 12th and the one in September. We teach them, like, I have the architects, the engineers, I have the block guys, I have hard money lenders, I have everybody there. And then the credit, Gigi's going to be there teaching them the credit. I'm going to be there teaching them the step-by-step -step process of building a house. Then we have all the subcontractors and the architects there speaking to them. And then on that second day, we t take them out to the properties that we have going on. We got five projects going on now. We take them to those, show them the different stages they're in, how we got there, and what's next coming up after that. 
But basically, um, they trying to show them how, what to do with they with them credit cards. They get stuck with. So basically, we teach them money off the cards and just start investing with it. Sure, you got five projects going at once, and you're doing this all with credit card. And you've now accomplished this. How much, if you don't mind me asking, how much credit have you accumulated through these credit cards over the past? Gigi, did you say it was like over the past year and a half or two years? We met last, I don't even know how long we've known each other for, but so what, you're breaking out, Andy, the what? About a year. Should it be about a year? About a year. What he does, he starts off with using the credit cards. And then at a certain point, you jump into the hard money lenders, Andy. Oh, sure. Credit card. We just go to the foundation or the walls or the house. And then we switch and go to hard money from there, pay off the credit cards. Then we use the rest of the hard money to finish the project. Then at the end, we either refire, make the 100K profit. Yeah. So you you mentioned that early before we even hit record. You're talking about you make a, you try to make 100000 per property. And if you go to the YouTube channel, you're going to see Andy just completely decked out with the 100K play from head to toe. So the concept is that he makes hundred grand per property that they build, which is, is this possible? Do you think this is possible across the country? Or is it just like you said, you're in Florida. I, I, I joke that my neck of the woods, I'm not sure if that number is possible, but you could prove me otherwise. Yes. It's, it works everywhere. I teach people how to do it in another state. Like basically, we just go off the numbers. What we do, it's like a numbers game. Okay, we know we're building at like $100 a square foot. So we're going to build 1,500 square foot houses. So that's going to cost us 150000 And what we're looking for an area to where the house is going to ship 300 or more. So in that area, we're looking for a lot. Basically, you got to buy the lot for less than a third a fourth of what the, the ARB is. So if we buy, we build on it for 200, then over 300, profit. Profit. So 200, the house is down here selling for 375, 400. So we really in 175, but we just sell 100 just to be lean. So that's the minimum. But if you. So you, you probably have gone through quite a bit of business setup. And if you're already training people on how to do this, there's probably a lot of processes and procedures where I, we have playbooks associated with some of our fix and flips, right? where we just hand over the playbook. Every house gets the same paint. Everybody gets, it's all got the same cabinets and everybody's on the same page. We all know what we're going to do. We all, we just reuse the same stuff over and over again. Is there some benefit? Do you do that? And is there some benefit associated with volume pricing? And yeah, I, I do that all the time. My- Square foot, I do it everywhere. In some areas, I may do the same thing, just may add a two car garage, but the inside the house is going to be the same. That'll be the only difference depending on the area that I'm putting it in. If it got garages over there, the garage, but other than that, it's going to be direct three, two, no garage. And we do the same house, colors, and the skin, everything the same. That way, you know, something mess up on the paint or something, you ain't got to try to figure out what paint you use. You already know what you use, but everything is thing. Sure. So how much of this work are you doing yourself versus contracting it out? What we do is we work on a general contractor's license. We pay him to let us work on his license and then about all the work. So we find, you find sub to do all the work, but not the same sub to do everything. We found a sub for electrical, one for plumbing, one for HVAC, 
have one person doing the job and trying to charge you a lot to do something when they're paying the person way less than what you're paying them. Sure. So how do you, what do you do for, how do you manage these projects? Are you, do you use any particular software, an Excel spreadsheet? Because I find that sometimes that, that those, all of those contractors, their schedules are fluctuating. And next thing you know, it's taken me twice as long to get something done. We keep, a, we keep at least three, three of each. That way, because when some be busy, we got to go to the next and we can't wait on them to have time for us. We got to keep moving. They're going to hold up our process. So sure. we every electrical, plumbing, HVAC, we got the whole team. So, okay. Moving. But when one project finished, try to keep, we try to keep something closing like every three months to okay. where done every month. That way the ball keep rolling instead of trying to have everything at one thing, at one point. At the same stage at one time, be frustrated. Sure. So it sounds like you're, uh, you really have your systems in place. If somebody, if, if somebody is looking to do this in their backyard, are you, would you suggest that they look for empty lots in specific parts of town, like established areas of town, or are you building in like on the outskirts of town where you see growth? It depends on the city that you're in. If you're in a hot city, that's where everything is expensive. You don't want to be in the city. You want to be on the outskirts. But if you in, I don't know how your city is up there. I don't know if y'all hot or be up on the outskirts to get stuff or expensive. If the city not expensive, you can do it in the city. Cause a lot of people still, for houses already up. A lot of people not looking for land. So the land used to be cheap sometimes in some places, but down here. All the houses gone, so everybody looking for land to build. So, or the opposite. So, different areas be different. But if your area where you city not too hot to where land still available for not too high, the perfect spot to do it. But if it's too high area, then you gotta take it to the outskirts to where they coming to next. Okay, Gigi, let's get back to the credit a little bit. Like you and. Andy, are you partners in the business or is this just a networking situation? It's like a networking situation. So I do the credit and the business side and then he does the real estate. So we're essentially like working together. Sure. So any kind of any kind of partnership, whether it's in this scenario or actual business partnership, you have to have com- uncomfortable conversations at first or you'll eventually have to have an uncomfortable conversation. What was the discussion and how did you guys form to, to coexist like this? Andy, when I first started doing his, his credit report, he, I guess he was getting a lot of people that were inquiring about credit, right? He asked me like, what else do you do? And then I told him what I did. He said, I have a lot of people that need credit repair. Can I shoot them over to you? So he started giving my number out, right? So then after, I want to say maybe after a month or two, he said, Hey, I'm going to do a boot camp. Do you want to come and talk? So this was out of nowhere, right? So then I went to his boot camp and I started talking or spoke about the financial aspect. And moving forward, he started, he, now he's doing more boot camps throughout the year. So now the way that we're doing it, as far as like the people that he brings on board is if they do need credit repair, he'll pay me for the credit repair. That way he doesn't charge his clients. So everything. So if they pay for the boot camp, that's just a one flat fee for his, for his people. And then he takes care of me on the back end. 
So if somebody, what's on average, if somebody goes through your credit repair, how long does it typically? Jack, I shoot for two weeks and that since there's no hiccups with the bureaus, right? And I say no hiccups because three weeks ago, one of the sites that we used to send dispute letters to the bureaus was taken down. So it was taken down for a week and then they brought it back up and then it was glitchy. So then essentially it was down for a whole week and a half and that put us behind a whole like two weeks, right? But we're getting results, like the majority of that accounts removed within two weeks. And I seen everything cleared in two months. I, I just got off the phone with one of my clients today. He was so happy. He said, you just wiped out $300,000 of debt from my credit report in two months. Huh. I'm really surprised that it's that quick. Two, two weeks, That's that doesn't sound doable. Almost too good to be true. I got to be, I got to be blunt. The thing is about the credit bureaus, Jack, is that the credit bureaus are not federally regulated. After the government saw what the, the bureaus were doing, they set the FCRA in place. So we have to use the FCRA to our advantage. And as consumers, that what, that's what we need to use in order to hold the bureaus accountable for whatever it is that they're doing. Essentially, the accounts that are on the report should have our permission to be on the report. So that's one of the laws that I use in order to get the accounts removed. If they're in a negative status, that's one of the laws that I use in order to get that accounts removed from the bureau, from the credit reports. So what, you said FCRA. What does that stand for? The federal, I'm telling you right now. I'm sorry. I should know it by heart, but I know the acronym. <laughs> no, that's cool. I we have a lot of new, newer real estate investors that listen to the show. And when they hear an acronym that's new, we got to figure it out quick. So The Fair Credit Reporting Act. Oh, okay. So okay. that's what we, we should, everybody, yes, consumers should use to, to basically hold the bureaus accountable for the information that, that they have on a report. As an example, JACCs are not reported by the courthouses. So even though they populate on our reports, they shouldn't be on the credit reports. What the bureaus do is that there's a one central website that all the bankruptcies are, are housed in. So what the bureaus do is they go into this website and they get that information from the website and then they extract it and put it in our reports. So essentially what they're doing is going, they're going out fishing for the information that nobody is giving them to populate. And then because of the FCRA, they're not technically supposed to use it? They're not supposed to. The only information they're supposed to populate on the report is information that we agreed to be on the report and information that is being sent to them. So in this case, the, the bankruptcies, nobody is giving the bureaus that information. They're going out and getting that information themselves. That's really interesting. So they're obligated to remove it if it's discovered. Yes, sir. And the way that we get them to remove it, though, is I have to contact the courthouse. And when it's bankruptcies, child support, it does take a little bit longer because I have to deal with the courthouse. But what I do is I contact the courthouse and I ask them, I basically ask them like, hey, let's say it's me that I have the bankruptcy. I pull my report and then I see that there's a bankruptcy in my report. Can I, can you give me the information that you provided to Equifax or whomever, right? They'll come back and tell me, we don't give information out to anybody. Like we didn't give the information to the, to the bureaus. So then when I ask Equifax or one, one of the bureaus to verify the information, they'll tell me that they verified the information with the courthouse. We just got a letter from the courthouse saying that they don't give the information out to the bureaus. So 
either when the courthouse is lying or the bureau is lying. And it's obvious the bureau is lying because they're in the they're in the business of making money and making money out of us. Yeah, that that that's completely new information on this show. That's quite the tidbit. Give us an example of a situation that you turn somebody around. What could somebody expect? What kind of credit? Everybody knows the FICO score. What kind of number change? Have you been able to accomplish? I have gotten I've gotten people from the mid fives to like the they're pushing eight hundreds, mid seven hundreds right now. And it's all within two weeks. And the beauty of it, Jack, is that I have receipts. They can go to my website, to my IG, and they can see the scores there. You better give that URL so that people can go check that out. Where do they go? Uh, they can go to my Instagram. So it's Miss C Notes and it's M S C N O T E S. Okay. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes well yes sir yes that's one of the things is we have to be able to take control of our credit report and not like we all go through rough patches right so for the for that rough patch to continue to hinder us from leveraging our credit to get into like what andy's doing in real estate or just like being able to apply for credit cards it's just insane when we don't a lot of us don't get educated on it until we're in the midst of trying to apply for something sure so, well, let's talk through an example, if you guys don't mind. And Gigi, you can start things off and then you'll hand it over to Andy. And Andy, if you don't mind, maybe try to get a little closer to your microphone. Maybe that would help with cut. You, you've been cutting out just a little bit. But to Gigi, could you give us an example of somebody you helped and then what difference it made and then where Andy picked up, picked the ball up and helped them with their first construction? Give us an example of how this. One of the recent, there's been a couple of them, but one of the most recent that just comes to my mind is Eddie. He's, I think he's 19 or 20 years old, right? He went through Andy's boot camp in March within three weeks. So I basically give these people, the lenders to apply to, and then how to basically set their application up, right? Whenever they're applying to these credit cards or loans. Within three weeks, he was able to get 200 and I think it was $250,000 in funding. He's, I think he's, I'm not sure what process he's in right now as far as real estate goes, but he was able to start like a two-year-old business and, and like other things that he has going on. But I got to stop you right there. He's 18, 19 years old. The likelihood of him having any personal credit is slim to none. He, how, did you, how did you get him any kind of background enough in order to accumulate a quarter of a million dollars? See, that's the thing about the credit. We just need to... There's different lenders and lenders don't look at the at your age. They look at how your credit report is set up and that's what they go based off of, right? So let's say, as an example, let's say that Ann or Eddie didn't have any background, any credit history, right? We could easily add authorized users to add age to his credit report, which makes him seem that he's been using credit for longer than he really has. And so then, authorized users, what do you mean by that? This is like some sort of magic you got going on here. I have to have, I have to give you a heads up because I was in the banking industry for a number of years doing uh -huh. business credit card <laughs> underwriting. So an 18 year old coming in looking for a business credit card, we, there's just no, no possibility. I don't know how you're pulling this off. Let's say that Andy has, he's an authorized user. He has a, I'm going to say he has a, a 15 year citizens credit card bank, right? Because Citizens Bank, they offer both personal and business, right? So I am 19 years old. I have no history, right? But he has a 15-year-old card. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Andy to add me to that one 15-year-old card as an authorized user. 
So once he does that, he's going to take my social, my driver's license, and he's going to go ahead and add me as an authorized user for that car. Yeah, it gives me the right to go and go to the mall and use $15,000 worth of or however much money he has on his card. But (laughs) I'm going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and just take the age and the limit, and that's going to go ahead and transfer to my credit report. So now that gives me years of credit history. Okay. Okay. Now I'm following you. That's how we manipulate the credit report. Boy, you are manipulating the credit report. So, Andy, how are you helping Eddie now to build this first property? Eddie's kind of all over the place. He don't know if he want to duplex, live on one. He want to kind of jump the gun and go straight into multifamily. He's 18, but I think he's 38. So everybody kind of jump start with a fork when they ring out the rest like everybody else. But I'm trying to show him that. Gotta start. You start somewhere, and the start. We what we doing is we doing building. Like building is gonna be way cheaper to build something than it is to try to buy something. But you still. Don't. Yeah. Oh, you, you cut out there again, Andy. But th- it that is a pretty popular strategy buying buying or building a fourplex because you can actually still qualify as a new home buyer too at that point where you can live in one unit and rent out the others. Yeah. Hard to find here. It's hard to find one here. A fourplex. A fourplex gonna cost you anywhere from it's gonna cost you about at least seven, eight hundred thousand here. Oh, sure. So, is Eddie or most of your students in your backyard there in Florida as well? So I have some Carolina. You're breaking out, Andy. Yeah, one in Carolina. Jason is in Philly. Well, Jason in Philly. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all over the place. And for the most part, they've found you through Instagram. Is that your primary marketing? Yes. Yeah. I don't understand how you guys pull this stuff off. Like you, <laughs> Instagram, I, maybe it's just I'm on the verge. I'm a Gen Xer. I just still don't. I don't get it. I do have an, I have an Instagram account and I do have a few people that follow me there. But I. How you make this your primary source of leads and contacts I, is beyond me. I don't get it. Tell me how to do this, Andy. Yeah, Andy. You got to run ads. And then when you run ads, you just got to have stuff on your page that people want to hear. You got to relate to people. They see an old bearded bald guy on my Instagram page. I don't think there's a lot of interest there. Put them up. They see house building. All you build is houses. So it's like, that's, it's relatable. It's like what a lot of people want to do. Everybody yeah. wants anybody. They, so if you see somebody doing it, now you want to listen. You're going to listen. Making the whole, get them to see the page. Once they see the page, they're going to see the vision. Yeah. You're a step ahead of me when it comes to the social networking. I've had some luck with Facebook and Twitter because when I, we do a lot of fixing and flipping, we buy a lot of houses and then, and then those, the before and after photos gets a lot of a- attention. People like seeing the transformations, especially when you're dealing with hoarder houses. Yeah. Their best advertising site. You say YouTube or which one do you think is their best? I didn't catch what was the primary question there, Andy. Best site to get the most people for you. Is it YouTube or is it? It's been for our core business. It's been Facebook. If it's the podcast, it's been Twitter for me. I'm actually surprised how many people join me there. And there's a lot of interaction and chatting going on amongst us on Twitter. And that's grown over the past year for me. Wow. Yeah. And you just, I just never would have guessed that Twitter would have been the place that 
that I'd have the most interaction. But that's the place for me. Andy's the one that got me onto social media too, because like I'm a Marine veteran and in the military, at least in the military, for me, they're telling you it's all about security. Don't do this. Don't do that. Basically stay in your little eggshell and don't attract attention. That's one of the reasons I have been scared to death of TikTok. I have a TikTok account. But like, you, you know, with all the security concerns and who frankly owns the, owns it, I it makes me nervous. But I have been posting a few things there too now. Yeah, yeah. No, so Andy's the one. Like, hey, you need to start putting receipts out there and basically do social media, right? So I'm still like, I'm still trying to like get used to it. But because I know I don't like it, it goes against my grain. I hire somebody to do it for me. Yeah. So like, yeah. take care of that's there's something to be said for that, Gigi. First of all, thank you so much for your service. But thank secondly, you. you're talking about hiring somebody. I don't. I why not do that more often? And I frankly find yeah. it that we're if you're miserable at doing something, you're going to procrastinate at it, and it's never going to get <laughs> done, or it's too late. So. Exactly. Why not leverage somebody else's time? Yes. This has been an interesting conversation. I hope everybody checks both of your Instagram pages out. I'm going to make sure to have those links in the show notes. Again, it's Andy by Houses and MSC Notes, right? Did yep. I get that right, Gigi? Yes. <laughs> I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes. Before I let you both go, though, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here tonight? No, I think we covered, as far as I feel, like I think you co we covered everything. How about you, Andy? How's everything going? Yes. Where do I get one of the t-shirts or hats? Yes, I see you in. <laughs> okay. I appreciate it, guys. This was great. And again, you're welcome back. I hope you'll take me up on that. I'd like yes. to check in on one of your projects sometime, Andy, just to kind of walk through the process and maybe even through some numbers, because I think a lot of people would learn from that. But again, it's Andy by Houses and MS Notes on Instagram. And I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes, but we'll see you next time. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.